NPR and WNYC, this is Ask Me Another, live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me is our puzzle guru today, Will Hines. And coming up, filling in for Jonathan Colton is troubadour Julian Villard. In front of me right now are our first two contestants. Please welcome Reuben Hampton and Mark Thomas. Reuben, I have a question for you. What might that be? What is your favorite thing to order at McDonald's? Water. (laughs) Good answer, Reuben. I like the way you eat. Mark, what is your favorite thing to order? Uh, absolutely nothing. Really? Yes. All right. Well, you're in trouble for this game then. <laughs> no, we'll be fine. This game is called Where in the World is Ronald McDonald? So, contestants, we're to describe special menu items that you can only find in certain regional McDonald's around the world. For example, if we said that Ronald was snacking on a side of poutine before visiting the Basilica of Notre Dame in Quebec, he would be in Canada, obviously. So you have to tell us where in the world Ronald would be. And in case you don't know, poutine is gravy, cheese curds, and fries, and is the most delicious thing on the planet. Okay. That's my favorite thing to order now. Mark, I really like you. Ronald is enjoying a Mikalu Tiki Burger before visiting the Asiatic Society of Mumbai. What country is he in? Enjoying a Mikalu Tiki Burger. Ruben. Saudi Arabia. Close, but no. Mark. United Arab Emirates. Interesting. You guys are very specific, but incorrect. <laughs> It's a 100% all-sacred cow beef patty. Uh, Actually, it's not that at all. I believe it's a vegetarian potato patty. That's right, yes. Anyone out there know? India! India is the answer. That's okay. They get harder. (laughs) Ronald is snacking on Le Croque McDo ham and cheese sandwich while gazing at the dome of Sacre Coeur. What city is he in? Ruben. Paris. You are correct. (laughs) Ronald is chowing down on a soy marinated bulgogi burger before dancing Gangnam style in front of the Gangnam Finance Center. What city is he in? Ruben. Seoul. I feel like the intention was correct. I think the intention was correct. (laughs) Yeah, we'll, we'll take it. Seoul, Seoul. Uh, do both of you know about the YouTube sensation? Oh, yes. Sai? Yes. Oh, Ruben is even doing a little bit of the dance. Uh, some, some people don't know of this song. Uh, if you haven't been on YouTube in the last uh, three months at all, then you wouldn't know what it was. <laughs> you wouldn't know that it's the number one YouTube video ever. That's right. You'd be safe. And if I said to you, <laughs> if I said to you, hey, sexy lady, what would you say? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> That is correct for a bonus point in my mind. (laughs) Ronald is relishing the cumin in the Mac Arabia Tajin while standing in line for the Rabat Archaeological Museum. What country is he in? Ruben. Iran. No, I'm sorry. The Rabat Archaeological Museum, neither of you have been to that. Unbelievable. (laughs) 
In our fictional universe, Ronald McDonald is way more cultured than either of you. <laughs> if anyone knows the answer... Morocco. Ronald is eating a breakfast of Mick Moliettes featuring beans, pico de gallo, and cheese on a muffin before hiking around the ruins of Chichen Itza. What country is he in? Ruben. Mexico. Correct. Ronald is savoring the flavor of breaded shrimp offered by the Ebi Fileo while shopping in the Ginza district. What city is he in? It's not kosher, I can't tell you. <laughs> I understand. You would never go for the Ebi Fileo in the Ginza district. Well, I'm wishing I had a clue ready. Um, <laughs> no. how, how, how are you guys feeling? <laughs> I'll take a rhymes with. Uh, let's just say that you didn't get it. <laughs> um, That's our hint. <laughs> let's throw it out one more time. Tokyo, Tokyo. Tokyo is the correct answer. Ronald is devouring a kafta burger complete with a parsley-sprinkled bun before visiting the Hagia Sophia. What country is he in? Just a sigh. No? Do you want to give him a hint? Well, you'd be in Istanbul, not Constantinople. Mark. Turkey. You are correct. <laughs> All right, Will. Uh, Ruben is the winner of this game. Ruben, you have the most points. You'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Istanbul, Constantinople, now it's Istanbul, now Constantinople. Been a long time gone, Constantinople, now it's Turkish delight on a moonlit night. Istanbul! Let's bring up our next two fearless contestants. We have Andy Kravis and Sarah Mana. Andy, you're a bit of a geek. You parody pop songs with law school-related lingo. What's up with that? That's right. Um, I'm in the Columbia Law Review, which sounds just like the Columbia Law Review, the journal, except way better and a lot more fun. Um, we write... Parody words to popular songs, and they have a law theme, and nobody finds them funny except for law students. You are adorable. I'm sure someone else finds them funny. We'll find that person. Don't you worry. Let me know, please. <laughs> and Sarah, you are no stranger to the game world. Spelling bee champion, many times over. Back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day, and uh, you come from a word game and grammatically fun-loving family. <laughs> I'm a geek from way back, and I might be even geekier than Andy because I was so geeky when I was at Columbia that I actually envied the people who could get into Columbia Law Review. <laughs> I think we've found home for each other right here on this stage. All right, Will, what are they going to play? Contestants, this game is called Celebrity Grammograms. Do you know what a Grammogram is? Who doesn't? Yeah. Common topic of conversation? Grammograms are words that sound like combinations of letters. So like the pasta ziti sounds like the letter Z plus the letter T. That's a grammogram. So in this game, celebrity grammograms, you must guess a well-known person combined with the word made by the sound of that person's initials. So for example, if I asked you about the folk rocker who wrote Come to My Window, who won one of television's highest honors, that would be a Melissa Etheridge Emmy, because her initials are M-E. All right. No problem, no problem. 
ring in when you know the answer. Winner of this round will go on to the Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Here we go. If you cloned the host of Jeopardy so that you had four score of him, what would be the result? Andy. Alex Trebek, 80? That is right. <laughs> yes. When the folk artist behind Blowing in the Wind is giving you a penetrating stare, how could he be described? Sarah. Bob Dylan, Beatty. Yep, Beatty Bob Dylan. Good old Beatty Bob Dylan. Just a like a woman. Yeah. It's like the Saturday morning cartoon version of Bob Dylan. When this redheaded D-list comedian becomes paranoid about people stealing her stand-up secrets, what does she turn into? Andy. Kathy Griffin KG. That is right. A nightmare for her assistant was also an acceptable answer. <laughs> I'll take three laughs. If Richard Nixon's first vice president wrote a composition, possibly about his resignation over bribery charges, what would this piece be? It would be a Spiro Agnew essay. Yes. When the wild-haired boxing promoter behind Rumble in the Jungle and the Thrilla in Manila brings about a state of rotting, what is it called? Andy. That's Don King Decay. <laughs> well known. He was cursed that if he ever says something not in rhyme, he'll die. So that's why that happened. If the lead singer of Matchbox 20 is showing off his creativity in a particularly pretentious way, what does he become? He's Rob Thomas Artie. Yes, he is. <laughs> if the director of Inglorious Bastards is behaving in an adorably endearing manner, what could he be called? He's Andy. Quentin Tarantino cutie. <laughs> he is a little bit adorable, you have to admit. He can be adorable. Uh, well, that's the end of that round, and our winner for that game is Andy. Congratulations, Andy. Thank you, Sarah. Andy, you'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Please welcome our one-man house band, Julian Villard. Deep in my darkest hour That's when I feel the power that's when I know nobody can hurt me No one can hurt me Why don't you hand it over Take a load off on your shoulders I think I can handle the weight of your worry Weight of your worry Cause you're alright, Johnny Alright by me I can tell you're lonely, you could use the company Knock on the fight, you girl No, I'm not like that girl, girl, yeah Julian Villard Coming up later, we have two performers from the Big Apple Circus, Seth Bloom and Christina Gelsone, joining us as our VIPs. That's very 
important puzzlers. So I ask you this, who clowned around with the Big Apple Circus for 25 years before Seth and Christina entered the ring? The answer to come when we put Seth and Christina in the puzzle hot seat. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. to Ask Me Another. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me on stage is our puzzle guru, Will Hines. And our special guest house musician, Julian Villard. Now, Will, before the break, we noted that Seth and Christina are clowns with the Big Apple Circus. That's right. We also talked about that a clown headlined in the Big Apple Circus for 25 years before them. Do you know who that clown is? I have sources which say that it's the legendary clown Grandma, played by Barry Lupin. In 2002, Barry was inducted into the International Clown Hall of Fame. All right, let's bring up our next two brave contestants, Jess Beck and Chris Dorso. (laughs) Jess, you're a senior at BU studying health science. Mm -hmm. Do you know anything about birds? Uh, A little bit. I'm not... uh, Bird scientist, though. Okay, we'll start thinking about everything you know about them right now. Chris Dorso, you're a college admissions assistant at Stony Brook U, and you're a big nerd in high school, huh? I um, still am to this day, oh, ironically uh, enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you watch I'm a lot on of... an NPR game show. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. That's a nerdy thing. My people. I, I, keep, I keep confusing nerd with cool. Right. Um, <laughs> do you know anything about birds? Uh, my son has a bird. Oh, well, okay. (laughs) Excellent. Julian, what game are we playing? This game is called For the Birds. I'm going to ask you to identify bird songs, by which I mean tunes that mention a specific kind of bird or which were recorded by an artist or band whose name sounds like a bird, like Sheryl Crow or Taylor Swift. After the song, Ophira will follow up with a trivia question either of you can ring in for. The contestant who gets more right moves on to our final Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. Here we go. For the first song, I'm going to ask you to complete these lyrics. Maybe you're just like my mother. She's never satisfied. Why do we scream at each other? This is what it sounds like. Chris. When doves cry. Correct and well sung. In the Old Testament, Noah releases a dove after the great flood in order to find land, and the dove brings back a leaf of what tree in his mouth? Wow, we found out that you guys never have read Bibles. (laughs) Noah releases a dove after the great flood in order to find land. The dove brings back a leaf of what tree? Jess. Fig. It's a good idea, but uh, nope. I'm going to ask if anyone out there knows. Olive! An olive tree. Olive. Yes. <laughs> For this one, you have to name the artist. 
H to the Izzo, V to the Izzay. For sheezy money, keep my arms so breezy. Can't leave rap alone, the game needs me. Chris. That would be Jay-Z. You are correct. <laughs> Surprisingly, Jay-Z's Izzo H-O-V-A is not a tribute to Michigan State's men's basketball coach, Tom Izzo, even though all the other songs he does is. Uh, what is the name of Michigan State's men's basketball team, which they took from a legendary group of warriors? Chris. The Spartans? Correct. Uh, now I'd like you to name the title of this song. Singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly All your life You were only waiting for this moment to arrive Jess Blackbird You are correct (laughs) Oh, if you didn't get that right, that was going to be tough Many people confuse the small blackbird with the much larger crow and raven. Happens all the time. (laughs) Finish this line from Edgar Allan Poe's famous poem, Quoth the Raven. Chris. Nevermore. Nevermore is correct. (laughs) Find a better raven, is what he's trying to say. Find a more positive, self-assured... more life-affirming raven. (laughs) Life-affirming raven. (laughs) Name the recording artist. And I ran, I ran so far away. I just ran, I ran all night and day. I couldn't get away. Chris? Flock of Seagulls? You are correct. I feel like those lyrics are about running away from a flock of seagulls. Is that what that's one? <laughs> I couldn't get away. They're just running. Okay. Uh, a Flock of Seagulls I Ran So Far Away was released in 1982, but it had a brief revival in 2002 when it was featured in an installment of what popular but violent video game set in the 1980s? Jess. Grand Theft Auto. That is correct. Finish these lyrics. Do 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 Fly like oops <laughs> It's just it's not your fault The song It's not your fault Julian that song is too catchy You got entrapped You got entrapped by the singability of Steve Miller Nobody can resist saying that. It's true. It's too hard. David Bowie would sing along to that. It's okay. We're going to the next one. Next one. one. All right. This one I won't mess up. I'd like the name of the recording artist, please. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So take this wine and drink with me Let's delay our misery Save tonight and 
fight the break of dawn Come tomorrow Tomorrow I'll be gone Chris Eagle Eye Cherry Yes yeah. Excitement During World War II The British spread a rumor That their pilots were eagle-eyed Thanks to a steady diet of carrots Helping to improve their night vision The story was planted to explain The sudden increase in Nazi bombers Being shot down what was the invention and the real reason for Great Britain's newfound success? Hmm. Hmm. Eyebrows raised. All right, I'm going to throw it out there. Radar! Radar is correct. Okay, looks like, Chris, you are our winner of this round. Congratulations. You are moving on to our Ask Me One More final round of the end of the show. Thank you so much, Jess. You were awesome. Are you the person in your family everyone turns to for answers to important questions like, what's the name of that actress in that weird made-for-TV movie we watched last Thanksgiving? Well, then do we have a challenge for you. To be a contestant on a future show, reach us on Twitter or Facebook at NPR Ask Me Another or email us at askmeanother at npr.org and we'll send you a little test to see if you can hold your own in the Ask Me One More final round. Let's get back to the puzzle mania with our next two contestants. Please welcome Danny Fox and Len Schiff. Hello. Hello. Len, you're a lyricist that writes musicals? I, I am that, What yes. is your favorite musical? Oh, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd's a good Sunday answer. That's a good answer. Yeah, that's good. There's even a clue last year. <laughs> Danny, you're a pianist? That's right. So yeah. you both have tons of music knowledge. This right. game Wrong has game. nothing to do with that, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure you'll be great because this round is called Sir, Yes, Sir. <laughs> We're going to ask you about common phrases that sound like they're the names of military officers, but they're not. For instance, if we asked what officer oversees America's premier baseball teams and served as the title of a 1989 Charlie Sheen comedy, you might say Major League. But since we take our fake ranks very seriously, you have to respond in what's called a sir sandwich. So the correct answer would be, sir, major league, sir. <laughs> Got it? And yes, this is the one and only time you are allowed to call me sir. Usually I get paid a lot more money for that. Noted sir. <laughs> Whoever gets more right moves on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Here we go. This officer is a corporation that makes everything from microwave ovens to airplane engines and is the former boss of Jack Donaghy on 30 Rock. Len. Uh, sir, General Electric, sir? Yes, but I'm going to need it with a little bit more command. Sir, General Electric, sir! That is correct. You love this, Ophira. I do. It feels good. This officer doles out painful discipline in public elementary schools, but only in the 19 states where it's still currently legal. Len. Sir, corporal punishment, sir. Correct. Addy, soldier. You can see this officer's name in the canned vegetables aisle, usually on a can right below the words fresh cut and whole sweet. Len. Sir, Colonel Corn, sir? <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Danny, 
plenty of time. You have plenty Great. of time to take Great. this game. All right. If you've ever met this officer, you probably wouldn't remember it since you were then immediately put into a deep sleep for surgery. Len. Sir, general anesthesia, sir. That's correct. <laughs> this person is the type of investment funding a company has if it is not traded publicly. Danny. Sir, private equity, sir. You got it. In music theory, oh, look oh at this. Yeah, get excited. <laughs> In music theory, this officer is the seven-note series a choir might practice when they sing Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Ti. Len. Sir, major C, sir. C major, sir. Oh, I'm sorry, Len. That is incorrect. Danny. Sir, major scale, sir. That is correct. This officer wowed the talent show with his rap performance of The Real Slim Shady and My Name Is, which makes sense because it's Eminem's real name. Len. Sir Marshall Mathers, sir? Sir Marshall Mathers, sir! <laughs> Thank you, Len. That is correct. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and I believe Len is the winner of this round. Big hand for Danny. We'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. <laughs> moving on, here are our next two contestants, Luke Green and Jordan Shervaraby. <laughs> Luke, what is your favorite movie? Oh, God, that's such a hard question. Probably Die Hard. Die Hard. Oh, I like your style. Or yeah. Die Harder. Or Die Harder. Oh, I don't like your style. Yes. Die Hard. Okay, good. Jordan, what's your favorite movie? Something's Gotta Give. Interesting. <laughs> all time. All yeah, time right. favorite. Yeah, because you related to it. I do somehow, yeah. Diane Keaton's My Girl. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you. Will, what's our next game? This game is called All Movies Are the Same. We're going to give you a list of movies. You have to tell us what they have in common. Could be a certain plot point, a character, a setting. Ring in when you think you know the answer. Right, here we go. Adaptation, The Social Network, The Parent Trap, and Stuck on You. Luke. Twins? That is right. They all prominently feature twins. Well done. A Beautiful Mind, Fight Club, Harvey, and Drop Dead Fred. Jordan. Your imagination. <laughs> That's all movies, I right? I know you're right, but just put it in a longer phrase. Uh, really? You're asking me to? Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. Using your, um, you know, kind of subconscious imagination <laughs> to create things and really win and uh, succeed at what you're doing. That's right. Imaginary friends. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Jordan, you were like... Really? Do I have to? We're like, yeah, you're on our show. You have to. Last people had to say sir a hundred times. You're getting off easy. Pee-wee's Big Adventure, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, Breaking Away, and the Triplets of Belleville. Jordan. Bicycles. That's right. <laughs> Ten Things I Hate About You, West Side Story, Forbidden Planet, and Akira Kurosawa's Ron. Luke. 
Uh, they are Shakespeare. That is right. Adapted from they Shakespeare. Are Shakespeare. Dial M for Murder, The Royal Tenenbaums, Strangers on a Train, and Match Point. Luke. Tennis? That's right. They all feature uh, someone who's, who's a tennis professional. Yeah, that was fast. Right on that. The Philadelphia Story, Eight and a Half, The Producers, and The Little Shop of Horrors. Jordan. They were all musicals or plays. Yes, they all got made into musicals. So, uh, yes, we'll take that. Very good. Very good. The Wizard of Oz, Pleasantville, Natural Born Killers, and Memento. Luke? They were all black and white at the beginning and then turned into color. They mixed both black and white and color footage, so we'll, we'll take that. That seemed like a pretty even match right there. Well, we had somebody... Oh, just by an edge. Luke, you did it. You won this round. So close. What a great great little quiz right there. You'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round. That was a hard one. I think those guys are brainiacs. Give them another round of applause. Please welcome back our one-man house band, Julian Villard. The world is gone and changed on me. Destroyed my whole philosophy. My faith was strong, it never shook. One levy break was all it took. Let me flow the way into a sunset faded on a silver screen. Can you show the way? George is sold us out today For a pair of sneakers and a full week's pay Lenlo wants me out of town Yes, they're gonna put you in the ground Can we run away To a blue sky hanging on the scenery Can you show the way Say, Mayor Jimmy Dean Say, Miss Dean McQueen Where got me from this dream Show me what it means Buns down on the bottom of the ninth. If I go big, two guys I have on my side, it will be Jimmy Dean and Mr. Steve McQueen. NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm still Ophira Eisenberg. More to come, plus we put Seth Bloom and Christina Gelsone in the VIP hot seat. Seth and Christina are two clowns who met in Afghanistan, fell in love, and then ran away to join the circus. It's the common everyday love story. (laughs) This is NPR's Ask Me Another. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me is Seth Bloom and Christina Gelsone. (laughs) 
Seth and Christina, welcome. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for having so, us. Thank you. Now, did you always want to be a clown, Seth, your whole life? No, I never thought about being a clown until I uh, saw an audition for Clown College. And I thought it would be more fun to go throw pies and put on makeup and put on big shoes than, you know, four more years of calculus and biology. <laughs> and it was true. I actually went to three clown colleges. Yeah. Well, I- we kept failing out? Like, how did that work? <laughs> <laughs> you could say it that way, but she... Uh... And I went to Princeton. Oh. So... <laughs> so you went to the premier clown college. Yes. Uh... Sideshow Bob actually tells Cecil that he went to a clown college. Oh, yeah. Princeton. Princeton. <laughs> so I'm in good company there. What you're doing in the Big Apple Circus as the headliner, that is a real marker of success, right? That's a big deal. Like, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's the best deal. circus gig you can get in the States as a clown. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's the only, it's the, actually really the only clown gig we're going to get in the States doing what we do. Mostly we work in Europe. We've worked in 15, 20 different countries. 28, something like that. So uh, when you say doing what we do, what do you mean by that? Non-verbal comedy. Yeah, just non-verbal. So basically, there's there's not a lot of uh, opportunities otherwise to... No, we want to to travel and eat at all the McDonald's that you mentioned earlier (laughs) in the show. We got all those questions right, by the way. Well done. Because we've been in all those countries performing. But if we speak, then we can't work anywhere outside of English language countries. right. So all our shows are mostly silent or mildly verbal. I, as a comedian, uh, when I do stand-up, if stuff doesn't work out, which happens in my act constantly, um, I have the ability to, like, talk to the crowd or admit that that didn't work out, or I can, I can do a lot of things at least to make it known that I get it. Like, how does that work for you when you do a bit physical or nonverbal? If or it doesn't whatever? work, usually we just go try to kiss someone in the audience. Really? Yeah. <laughs> We're equal opportunity kissers. So if Christina kisses a guy, I go for him and see if he'll kiss me. We actually start our act like that at Big Apple. I, I went to and the show. I loved it. Awesome. I did not get kissed, but there's oh, still wow. time. Get your grab her now. There's still time. Hey, relax. <laughs> <laughs> they, can't, they can't see it on air, but we can do the sounds. <laughs> you licked her. <laughs> and this right there, that was a great example. You guys work together. Which, there's, is there a lot of clown duos out there? How did you uh, find each other? We met in Afghanistan. Actually, I met Christina. Seriously, I met Christina at a blown-out building where she was performing for 10,000 boys uh, surrounded by military. Serious. No, no there's just four ISAF people sitting there with, with guns. guns. That's true. To protect us. Yeah. There's just four. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> you were just true. doing a little entertaining. Well, I'd gone to Afghanistan to start a circus project for kids, and then I'd heard that there was this woman who'd gone to a, one of the many clown colleges I went to. <laughs> See, I failed out of all of them because <laughs> I did too much calculus. <laughs> Um, and I heard she was there, and then she heard that I was there, and so we emailed each other and actually met up in Kabul in 2003. And then you started performing together soon after? How did that start? No, we saw each other in Afghanistan more than we saw each other in the States. Yeah. We kept going back and then uh, became clown partners a couple of years later. And yeah, and started working. And once you find a good person to work with, you don't ever want to give it up because if it's funny and it's working, you want to keep that together. And, and what is that characteristic of finding your right clown duo partner? Someone who makes you funny. Just someone else that makes you funny. And you make them funny. Yeah. Right. Okay. We're much funnier together than we are apart. Oh, yeah. At least when we're working, you know, either on stage or on the street. And when did it turn from duo, clown duo, to clown duo oh. with benefits? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, not soon enough for me. <laughs> wow. A bell went off in my head and I said, that's the woman I should be with the rest of my life. It went like that. No holding hands, no flirting, no kissing. I said, I want to be the rest of my life with you. 
Uh, did you have clowns at your wedding? Oh, my oh. gosh. <laughs> We, Did we have like 20 or 40 or something? Oh, I was kidding. I was kidding. Seriously. You can tell the story. Uh, we got married in China, uh, in Hangzhou, uh, at a clown festival. So, so Christina yes. wore a dress made of white balloons that were tied into very, very little small balls really all the thin, way around her body. Really thin, gorgeous balloons. When I saw the dress, I was just <gasps> gobsmacked. Yeah, it took them like 16 hours to twist the dress into its shape. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's a big... <laughs> This sounds like, well, it sounds just like a normal wedding, actually. It took them 16 hours to twist the gown, but it was balloons. It was and made then, of balloons. I didn't get to pop her out of the dress, though. We talked about Grandma Clown and the little bit of trivia we did about you. And Grandma Clown, obviously, Huge. the Grand Poobah of Clowns. The Grand Poobah yes. of Clowns, right? <laughs> PBS special, New York Times profile. Yep. So those were big clown shoes to step into, basically. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't use any clown shoes in our show. <laughs> so what was that like? Oh, we're the sacrificial clowns, we know. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. We know that people are going to be like, where's Grandma? <laughs> we're like, he moved to Sweden for better health care. I mean, is that the truth? It's actually true. That's the truth. <laughs> that sounds like he a joke. He retired in Europe. Like, Goodbye. And yeah, yeah. everyone's like, oh, all right. All right, speaking of clowning around, I will ask you this very important question right this now. Is the quiz? Not yet. Okay. I just need to know right now, are you both, Seth and Christina, ready to do an Ask Me Another challenge? Are yes, you up to it? For sure, yeah. <laughs> All right. One more round of applause for our VIPs. And let's welcome back our puzzle guru, Will Hines. Oh, hi, hi. And our musician extraordinaire, Julian Villard. Hello. Now, Seth and Christina, we are pitting you against each other yes. because you both have... Don't get too excited. <laughs> You've impressive credits, each of you, but we need to find out who is Boss Clown. <laughs> so we've come up with a little game about what else? Circuses and clowns. Are you ready? I hope so. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> P.T. Barnum famously bought an African bush elephant for $10,000 and brought him into the United States in 1882. What was the name of this legendary elephant whose name became a synonym for extremely large? Jumbo. Seth. How do you know it was Seth, you got it right. You got, got it right, right, Seth. You got it right. They survived a war in the circus, but one question into this and the marriage is destroyed. Am I allowed to tickle her? <laughs> no, you're not allowed. Stop that. Two of you, stop that. Okay, Seth and Christina, I have a musical question for you. Name this song made famous by the one and only Melissa Manchester. Baby, crowd the day the circus came to town Cause she didn't want parades just passing by her So she painted on a smile and took up with some clown While she danced without a net upon the wire I know a lot about her Cause you see Baby is an awful lot Like me It's very dramatic Tears of a clown? <laughs> good guess That was a good guess, Christina Good guess Don't cry out loud Oh, I have heard that song. Keep it inside. 
Learn how to hide your feelings. Wow. Yeah. Learn how to hide your feelings. What, you didn't just sit at home with a glass of Merlot and a journal? (laughs) (laughs) A rookie circus performer is given what nickname, which was typically the date he started working that year? Christina. First of May. First of May. (laughs) One for one. So on the first day of headlining, were you guys called that? The first of May? No. No, because no one called us that. Really? We deserve a pie or something. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. Sorry, I brought up a little sore spot. Okay, you need to name this song, and I don't want to let the register of my voice deceive you. Circus life Under the big top world We all need the clown to make us smile Through space and time Always another show Wondering where I am Lost without you (laughs) Christina Is it the band or the song? I think it's Journey It is a Journey song? I miss the 80s, so I'm very proud of that. You just skipped over the 80s? Yeah, just I, was, <laughs> I was in ballet, so I was just listening to Tchaikovsky all the time. Oh, okay, I understand. <laughs> if you've been in a bar after midnight anywhere in America, you might know this song. <laughs> I'm forever yours. Faithfully. All right. Well, turns out, Christina, you won that round. I never win. You just did it. I can't believe it. I will award you with the thing that has been missing from your life, a NPR Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. (laughs) And because we love you, we're giving you one, too, Seth. Here you go. Thank Thank you so much, Seth and Christina, for playing. Thanks for having us. Those were our VIPs from the Big Apple Circus, Christina Galsone and Seth Bloom. Um, Julian, would you like to play a little something for us? I would like to play a song for you. What are you going to play? It's a Michael Jackson song. Oh, awesome. Hey, pretty baby with the high heels on. You give me fever like I never felt before. You're just a product of loveliness. I like the groove of your walk, your talky dress. Feel your fever from miles around. Pick you up in my car, we gon' paint this down. Kiss me, baby, and tell me twice. You're the one for me, the way you make me feel. Really turn me on. You knock me off of my feet now, baby, baby. My lonely days, they're gone. Jacku. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, 
Julian Villard. Finally, it's what we've all been waiting for. Let's bring back the winners to play our Ask Me One More final round from Where in the World is Ronald McDonald, Reuben Hampton. From Celebrity Grammograms, Andy Kravis. For The Birds, Chris Dorso. Yes, sir, yes, sir, Len Schiff. All movies are the same, Luke Green. All right, Will, take us out. Okay. Today's final game is called Leverage Your A Game. Now, for this final round, we removed a key word from cliches used in the world of business, and you have to fill in the blank. For instance, put lipstick on a blank, and the answer in that case is a pig. Now, this final round is played spelling bee style, so one wrong answer, and you're out. Last person standing is today's grand prize winner. Are you guys ready? Ruben, we start with you. If you're too focused on the short term, you might be reminded that what city wasn't built in a day? R-O-M-E, Rome. <laughs> you can just say it. <laughs> spelling bee style. Um, that's right. I just meant spelling bee style like one in your eye. You can just say the words. That's on me. That's on me. <laughs> Andy, those in the retail business know that no matter what, who is always right? The customer. That's it. Chris, to reach out to a coworker just to check in, circle back, or get on the same page, you might say, let's touch what? Base. That's right. Len, if there's an obvious topic that no one wants to discuss, it might be labeled the what in the room? Elephant. That's right. Luke, in trying to set goals, easy targets are called low-hanging what? Fruit. That's it. Ruben. Ruben, if you don't think you need to change the way things work, you might say, let's not reinvent the what? Wheel. Yes. Andy, if your business has too many people making decisions, you might say, we've got too many chiefs and not enough. I think that's it, Andy. Step aside. Chris, can you steal that one? Too many chiefs and not enough what, Chris? Not enough followers? No. Step aside. Len? Too many chiefs, not enough. Indians? That's it. Only Len. So we say goodbye to Andy and to Chris. Luke, if you want to see what the higher-ups think of an idea, you might run it up the flagpole and see who what? Shouts. Step aside for a second. Ruben, you can steal this. Run it up the flagpole and see who what? Salutes. That's it. We say goodbye to Luke. Ruben is still in it. Len. To encourage people to look at the big picture, you might say, let's take the 30,000-foot what? View? Yes. Ruben, if your friend at the water cooler blindly accepts the company mantra, you might say she's drinking the what? Kool-Aid. Yes. Len, if a task is seemingly impossible, you might say it's like boiling the what? Unboilable. Ruben, if a task is seemingly impossible, you might say it's like boiling the... Pot. No, Len, you're still in. <laughs> Followed time. Oh my For God. your biggest return on investment, you're going to want to implement the most effective and time-tested techniques, which are known as the best what? Practices. Yes, Ruben. <laughs> Ruben, if you don't have the mental capacity or time to take on more work, it said you don't have what internet-related word?
I think that's enough time. Len, can you uh, steal this? If you don't have the mental capacity or time to take on more work, it said you don't have what internet-related word? Bandwidth. That's it. That was unbelievably close. Ruben, you deserve a huge round of applause. Len Schiff, you are today's big winner. Thank you. You get the grand prize, which is a family pass of four tickets to see the Big Apple Circus, followed by yes. a backstage tour by Seth and Christina. That is awesome. Well, that's it for Ask Me Another. We have run out of time. But remember, you can find us in a bunch of games we didn't get to play today on Facebook and Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. There you can also win tickets to see Ask Me Another Live and more. Ask Me Another's puzzle czar is Will Hines. Hey, my name anagrams to hells. I win. The man behind the music of Ask Me Another is Mr. Julian Villard. Naive Duljar. Additional puzzle writing contributed by John Chinesky, Greg Lightman, Mary Tobler, and Greg Volk. Ask Me Another was recorded and mixed by Paul Ruest. Our house sound engineer is David Hurtgen. AMA's puzzle editor is Art Chung. Our associate producer is Josh Rogeson, with production help from Eleanor Kagan, Charlie Kaplan, Ivan Kureyev, and James Ramsey. Our senior supervising producer is Jesse Baker. Our general manager is Portia Robertson-Migas. Our executive producer is Eric Newsom. We'd like to thank The Bell House, Hot Heel Blues, our home in Brooklyn, New York, and our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias, Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Coming up on Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, author A.J. Jacobs reveals the little bits of wisdom that stay with you when you read the entire encyclopedia. Like I remember that Rene Descartes had a fetish for cross-eyed women. That, that, that's the stuff that sticks in there. Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for NPR's guiltiest and most puzzling pleasure. <laughs>